winds of up to 90 miles an hour bring the less hardy to a standstill or use them like a Scotsman's curling stones. Alley fight between Fitz and Combs. You both get to pick three all-time socks and Cubs as part of your alley fight. My my number one draft pick is Michael Barrett. Michael Barrett, you're out of your mind. Michael, but you see that right hook? Ask AJ Brzezinski if he wants to get hit with that right hook again. You can ask AJ Brzezinski that. I will. Yeah, that's gonna be that's such a podcast question. I uh, shut up. Go to Rizzo. It's in time, and the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. Rebay has it. He throws out, out. A White Sox winner and a World Championship. And welcome to Windy City Sports Talk. I am Brandon Combs, alongside my co-host, Ryan Fitzgibbons. We have a lot to get to tonight, including the Cubs are supposedly all in on winning this division. The, the White Sox are who we thought they were. And we're going to talk some Bears, some Blackhawks, who got going to get Connor Bedard tomorrow night. But... If you do miss any part of today's live broadcast, you can now catch us all on on all podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Spotify, and Pandora. We're also available on iHeartRadio. As always, make sure to click that like button, share, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. If you have any feedback for us or have something you want us to talk about or any questions you want us to answer, you can also email us at combsandfits, all one word, combsandfits at gmail.com. Fitzy man, I, I normally I say hi to you. Normally I say hey, what's going on, man? I'm so damn frustrated with your White Sox. Up you butt! <laughs> I'm not even a White Sox fan, man. But they're so frustrating to watch. It's been brutal, man. It, like. Every time with this team, every time we you look at it and you say, all right, look, I know it's been a bad season. I know it's been rough, but you're about to go in a 13-game stretch heading into the All-Star break where you're playing three out of those four teams are struggling just as much as you are. If you go 10-3 and three in that stretch, you can come into the All-Star break on high hopes, only being five games under 500, only being, you know, four and a half, five games out of this division. And then they lose in the fashion that they lose last night. One day after you say that, I can't, I, I don't know what to do with this team. I just don't. I, well, um, I don't know who needs to hear this, but don't eat a spicy dinner. And then- <laughs> Afterwards, watch White Sox baseball. And then after that, watch an episode of Black Mirror, the Twilight Zone type show on Netflix, and then go to sleep. I don't know who needs to hear that. <laughs> those, those are, that is a domino effect you do not want to ha- happening in your dreams. That sounds personal. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes. It, and you know what? It was even worse driving home from work today and to work on Lakeshore Drive, which was pretty interesting. People are trying to uh, kill themselves uh, just to make it to work five seconds earlier. But well, it's because yeah, of all the smoke. <laughs> yeah. We're getting smoked yeah. out of, by Canada. Yes. There's smoke. We can't drive now all of a sudden. It looks like you're driving through Cheech and Chong's van. 
Yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> it was, and it smelled, but it wasn't like you couldn't drive. I mean, but anyway, uh, you know, that's White Sox baseball at this point. You know, uh, we talked a little bit about Grandel. Yeah, maybe he has to catch that point, that ball. He has been better defensively behind the plate. His bats there this year. Like he's not the problem. I mean, he hasn't been the problem. You can't have one run away and think you're going to win a game. You can't score one run away and think you're going to win a game against a guy who has a sweeper. Yeah. And a fan yeah. kind of, uh, who's not a very great pitcher has her ERA in the fours, which I guess is okay. I mean, Dylan Cease gives you another gem. Now his ERA is under four. It was above six in April. It's not easy to do, and um, which isn't even two months. Well, we'll call it two months because he's not going to have another start until July. But, you know, he's going to be an okay pitcher by the All-Star break, maybe a little bit above average, and you just ruin another good pitching performance. Uh, it's, I mean – there's just so many problems with this organization and this team that to like pull the, if you pull one thread, like an entire ball of yarn comes with it and five screaming cats. It, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And you lose in the fashion you lose last night. First of all, the pitch selection, I was told we were talking about this before the show, this pitch selection to me to, to Shohei Otani was incredibly disappointing because you you're pitching a, one of the greatest hitters in the game right now and you're with him at two and two and you throw two non-competitive sweepers of your own that don't even start in the zone finish out of the he's not going to chase that stuff mm-hmm. and, and you're throwing these pitches to put the winning run on second base because trout ahead of him had walked as well. Yeah. And not only did you bring an Aaron bummer after you, for whatever reason you, you let, what is, what is his obsession with Ronaldo Lopez? Why does he love Ronaldo Lopez so much? There's been a lot of pitchers that are actually have good stuff that suck. That just, I mean, he's got good stuff. You, You can't really deny that. Uh, you know, pretty much throws a hundred, uh, has a great slider. Yeah. His, his fastball can be flat, but you can have a hundred mile an hour flat fastball. If you locate it, he has good stuff. If you can harness that and last year, Ronaldo Lopez and the year before was pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, it, but Bummer's got potential too. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you're throwing these pitches and not only that, I mean, Grandal and, Grandal has to block that pitch. That pitch that gets through to end the game. He the, the first one I I'll give him. You know what I mean? Hits the dirt before it hits. This one hits directly off the tip of his glove and just goes behind him. And then I mean the the attempt to I mean he would have never gotten trout anyway. But he just like kind of backhands it, throws the ball away in the into the first base side. But the the it's like they're. There's no life to this. Like they don't want to play baseball. You know, in a lot of sports, I just can't say a lot of that in baseball. It's hard to gauge whether they have energy. They're not a very smart team. I mean, there's smart players on the team, but they're not a very smart team. They probably have one of the most talented center field. They have the most talented center fielder in the league and maybe the best center fielder in the league. 
I mean, I'll talk more about that later. Doubting Thomas chimes in and says cheering for the White Sox baseball is like cheering for deep sea submersibles. (laughs) It's like being on the fan base is like being on a deep sea submersible. (laughs) It is an implosion. Sell the team, Jerry. Sell the team. So that's another thing. So no matter what you do, I don't think, and I've said this before, I said it last week, I said they're in a black hole because you need a new front office. You need to, you, you need to figure, Kenny's been hanging on to the fact that he won a World Series, uh, you know, 15 years ago or 18 years ago now. And you've got Rick Khan and Kenny who just, I mean, they get railroaded by the owner when they want to go out and get a, a respectable manager and he goes out and says no go get my guy tony larusa so it's hard to kind of put all of this on them but i don't want the these guys running a rebuild either i you know and and so if that's the case does rick Khan quit first or does jerry fire him first i guess that's the question right uh Hasn't been that hasn't that been the question? Wasn't that the question with Paxson? Well, that was the story behind Pax. You heard the story behind Paxson, right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Paxson wanted out. He said, Jerry, this isn't yeah. working. And Jerry's like, well, the only the only way I let you go is if you stay with me. <laughs> or as if you quit. Uh, if you quit, yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. Robin Ventura was the same way. Like they didn't like I said, like instead of getting a manager after Ozzy left, they decided not to that's why right. robin ventura and they think they're too goddamn smart they think they're too smart to need a manager that's yeah. what they actually think that that they think that they're too good at drafting people and bringing people in to do that and they're 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 good in spots yeah I mean, they have do have some talented players, but they're not good across the board, and they're not good across the board in their organization. They really aren't. They're not even good. They're not even in, and and they barely innovated or somewhat innovated in pitching throughout the years. That was always one place I always say on here that that I could have trusted them, but they're not even doing that anymore. I mean, they really aren't. I mean, it's really pathetic, and they think that they like that they can just get any manager in there, like a Pedro Grafal. When it was obvious to everyone in the offseason, and I'm still not going to get off the Pedro Grafal. I'm not going to just say he's a bad manager because who the fuck knows? I mean, 80 games, come on. But it was obvious to everyone that Ozzy was the guy for this team. If you're not going to go with with a guy, well, Ozzy did have experience, but if you're not going to go with a guy outside of the organization that had a lot of experience, Ozzy was the guy. And instead, they went in with a guy who had no experience, who you said about 20 times last week, the Kansas City Royals didn't even want. I mean, and they think they're smart enough. They think they're smarter than these other teams. And they're not. These other teams are innovating. Look at the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. 500 last innings. Yes. Where their pitchers saw, their, saw the lineup over two times. And that's where the averages change. That's where all these dumb shits go. Nolan Ryan used to pitch nine innings every game. Yeah. And he lost fucking, you know, hundreds of games. Nolan Ryan was an anomaly. Yeah. Well, Nolan he, Ryan could throw 160 pitches. 
True. <laughs> true. He could, but was he as good at later in those innings? I bet you if you no. pull back the numbers, that's why they're doing it. You're having on your the other team's gonna have an unfair advantage if Nolan Ryan's in there for nine innings these days. He so, either threw a three or less hitter, or he got demolished. If he gave up more than three hits, he was giving up seven or eight runs. Yeah, like that, that Nolan Ryan, that's why Nolan Ryan, to me, I talk about all the time, I get into arguments all the time when we talk baseball, but Nolan Ryan's not even a top 20 all-time pitcher. And he's not. Yeah, you give know, me a seven, a seven no hitter. He had seven good games. Okay, cool. You know he might be the most talented pitcher ever to lay some money. No, he just threw the ball really hard. Guys had a hard time catching up to what he was throwing, and, and that wasn't he, he was the only guy throwing as hard as he was he had in that some, era. He had some good breaking stuff, too, though. I mean, watch the Nolan Ryan documentary. <laughs> Doubting Thomas says Combs talking shit about Nolan Ryan. I am. I Look, I, I'm i a Nolan Ryan fan, too, and that's the thing. Like, I, I do like Nolan Ryan. I, I loved watching him pitch grow up. I, I loved what he brought to the game, and, and he was fun to watch when he was on. But he's not a t- he's not a top twenty all time pitcher. He's just not. And I, I I'll bring stats to back it up. Yeah, I'll, I'll no, do they're, it. They're, the stats are out there. They are, and he was on a lot of bad teams though too. I mean, we do have to yeah. take that a little bit into account. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm just saying that's I would just to get back to my point. We're not going to do that anymore in sports. Sports sports are is like a car's engine. Like you used to be able to just take an alternator out. You can't. There's no wasted space anymore in sports. We're 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 really drilling down to the nitty gritty here, to where there's to where every stat, every everything is under scrutiny. To where they know that these guys that many pitchers. And I'm not talking about the top 10, top 15%. You get the same swings and misses on a deal and sees uh, slider as you got in the first inning. That doesn't happen with the top, with the bottom 70% of the league. They just can't pitch into that 13. So what what did Tampa Bay do? Yeah. They innovated. They're, they're, they're putting in, they're, they bring out, they don't just have the, the, the 12, 13 relievers that you can have on a team. When you start the season, they have 20 relievers. They bring relievers and cycle them out of the, uh, out of their, um, out, out of their, Jesus Christ, out of their farm system. They cycle them out as they go. They try to get as many relievers as they can so they can have full, fully pitch reliever games or have starters only pitch four or five innings and then bring them in. And what have they done? They're dominating this league right now. Yeah. I, I am. I don't know. I, I it, it's hard to like. I said it's frustrating. Be I, I can't imagine if if this was the team that that I root for every day. I mean, it's been frustrating for Cubs fans too to watch what's happened since 2016. But to to this effect, where you've gotten to the point where you have no farm system because everybody that was good in your farm system is now on your major league club. You've had no success with your major league club because you failed to put a manager in there that can run this team and, and people uh, Rick Hahn came out last year, even after letting Tony go. And I, I don't blame them for Tony that that's completely on Jerry, completely 100% on Jerry, but you came out and said, look, we want a manager. And these were their three criteria that he came out and said, we want a manager with experience. We want a manager that, that has shown and, and has been on winning ball clubs. And we want a manager who can lead this young team. 
you take that three criteria and you roll it up into Ozzy Guillen. Yeah. Ozzy Guillen had success in your own damn organization, won a World Series in your own damn organization. Was the last time that you even won a playoff series was when Ozzy Guillen was the manager. They haven't won a playoff series since that World Series in 2005. And you go and you pass him up, and you go and you bring in Pedro Grafal, who you can you can tell me all you want that you don't want to make you know decision after after eighty games. My my mind is made up after eighty games because just like I've said with even with 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 Rossi over on the north side, I've said it plenty of times. You. Sure, you have guys who are underachieving right now. You got guys who don't hustle. You've got guys who look like they don't want to be out on the field. You've got all of this stuff. But you still make the decision on who to bring into the game. You still go out there and put up the left hand or the right hand and you still put you know Ronaldo Lopez in situations where the game counts. And it's the same thing I said about Ross with Michael Fulmer. Stop putting guys in situations that they clearly cannot be successful. And that's what he continues to do. So that's why, for me, the jury is already out on Pedro Gafal. I think the jury was out before they hired him because there's a reason, again, for the 21st time that the Kansas City Royals did not hire him twice. (laughs) Like, you, you do not go out and make that decision. And that is why this front office cannot do a rebuild. The problem is there's not going to be a new front office because Jerry won't fire anybody. Sox fans are going to be stuck in this damn cycle over and over and over again until Jerry Reinsdorf dies. Hey, fucking minute is... <laughs> I mean, I can't even. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't see I, it's it has some parallels to other teams for sure, and and other uh, organizations. I mean, you can look starting to look a little bit like the Redskins, even though that's a totally different sport. Um, it start it, it can remind you of a lot of different teams at this Oakland point. A's, Oakland A's, a little bit like we talked about last week. Good uh, fan base. Owner just doesn't want to win. No. I mean, it's it's something. Uh, man, it, and like I said, after he wins that 2005, that sort of settles things down from the whole Jordan end of era, even though I do think that Bulls team was about done. Um, it it, it kind of cooled things, and you were like, oh, the guy won six basketball championships. He just won a probably one of the hardest championships to win in sports is baseball. I mean, you could make arguments about the other leagues, but baseball is pretty damn hard. I mean, it takes years to put a good team together and then keep it together. I mean, so you, uh, 2005, you think, oh, things are good. Uh, you know, um, uh, you, you think that, Hey, you've got a pretty good organization. They do good in 2006. If there's not a wild card, Probably if there's a wild card, I mean, at that time, they're probably uh, they're, or they're definitely in the wild card. Uh, they win 90 games in 2006. They have a down year in 07. A lot of guys got hurt. And then in 08, they're back in the playoffs again. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Well, you, you got something going here. And 
Yeah, and then you have the next like 12 years and then this crap. You have a talented team where they do this with, which if you were able to chew at the edges of this and innovate a little bit and, and maybe get a, a real second baseman. And, you know, I thought Elvis Andrews was going to be the guy, but why not have a backup to that? And yeah. have a right fielder that's not a guy who, you know, has been playing in the United States for nine months. Yep. You know, well, Oscar Cole is, I don't know if he got a good shake here. And, and then you lose that game that game yesterday the way that you lose it and and now to tonight you've got to go and face Shohei Otani. So like I with Shohei Otani and in this game tonight you've already put yourself where you wanted to win 3 out of 4 in this series or maybe even split. But now you're going to be down 0-2 because you're banking on whether or not Shohei Otani has a good or a bad game. And you don't want to have to start banking on guys to not have good games. You don't want to have to start banking on, hey, well, maybe Shohei Otani will be off tonight. The guy who is the best pitcher in baseball right now, a guy who is the best hitter in baseball right now a guy who just you know is he's that guy and now you got to bank on that if you want to even have a hope at winning three out of four in this series and, and you don't have a chance you don't have a shot this team is done they're dead in the water they've yeah. got no shot as much as i would would have liked to have said hey you know if you go 10 and 3 in the stretch you could have a whole i don't i i expect them to lose two out of three when they go to oakland yeah and there's no fun either i mean they no. really there's been no time i guess you could say the five game winning streak but there's been really no time where they've been fun luckily they don't want to win they won on a grand slam on the yeah. one game and then they make the guy who beat the team with a grand slam who has 18 home runs now in like fucking like 50 games. They put them yeah. at him eighth because that's smart. Yeah. You know, we played, we played a softball game last Wednesday. Shout out to my, my softball team unwanted over in Oklahoma. We're six of oh. one right now, but we were playing a game last week and we go into extra innings and we're just going back and forth, back and forth with this team. And, and at one point me and the first baseman looked at each other like nobody wants to win this game. No, we're just going to keep playing the ball all night long. Nobody wants to win this game. And that's what it feels like with the White Sox. You're watching a team that just doesn't want to win. They don't, they don't care. They don't, they don't want to be there. They are there to collect their paycheck and go home. And that's a bad look. It's a bad look. That's a bad look for like a, a human being. You're playing a kid's sport for millions of dollars and you can make millions more dollars if you play well. Right. But I guess that's how it works. I mean, that's just human nature. Like you just, you know, start not caring. You're you're around a lot of people who don't care. And, you know, this is what you get. It, it, you're right. As a fan, it's a tough watch, but I think it's a tough watch as a baseball fan. I think there's some sensibility in baseball more than any in any other sport. I think that's why we love it so much. Is that yeah. people know when baseball looks bad. I mean, I guess you can in other sports. There's, I mean, you can see a bad base, basketball team, but people aren't like totally offended by it. Baseball offensive when it's not played well and not played smart, really. Uh, yeah. That's what it is. It's a thinking man sport, like we've talked about a lot of times. And that's just how, unfortunately, 
uh, how the Sox have played this year. And it's hard to root for a team like that. That's the hardest thing about it is in 2021, even with TLR and in 2020, even with Ricky Renteria, who in the end looks like a genius now. Uh, yeah. It was at least a fun team to watch and a team to root for. There was a lot of players on the team that you wanted to do well. Now it's just like, how do you guys fucking deserve this? That poor guy must hate Chicago. He got screwed twice by Chicago baseball teams. Up your butt, Joe Boo. The <laughs> the Cubs screwed him. In with all due respect, the Cubs screwed him to go out and get one of the greatest managers of all time, and they won a World Series because of it. They went out and got Joe Madden and, and let Ricky Renneria go, but the Sox did. <laughs> the Sox did it, and and that one had to have stung. If I were him, I'm I'm never I'm never stepping like I I hope Chicago teams lose the rest of their games for the rest of my life if I'm big, that guy. Big time, and it was over like a 2020 season where where what a dynamic team they had that season, and they really didn't even have a lot of pitching. He really didn't have much pitching to go to in that playoffs. I mean, they should have beat that Oakland team. That's that's for sure. But I. I don't know. I don't know if things were going that bad unless you, you don't get rid of Ricky Renteria to get a guy who's been retired for what? No, you get rid of him to go get AJ Hinch. Yeah. Or somebody of that ilk or like the tax or like the uh, um, Texas Rangers have in Bruce Bochy. Yes. I mean, was that that hard to get over the off season, bring Bruce Bochy in? look at how he's lined up that team. Obviously the Texans, uh, you know, shored up, their entire team instead of 80% of it. He's not a yes man. No, he isn't either. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a problem on the South side and they're going to continue to have that problem, but let's get over to the North side of town. Let's, let's talk about the Cubs. They just went across the pond. Speaking of across the pond, whoever on our downloads, because I can see all the analytics of where all the downloads are, whoever is in Brussels, Belgium, downloading the show first of all we want to thank you and we appreciate you listening to the show and we hope you're getting all that you need out of your chicago sports talk with us but if you wouldn't mind as to dropping us a line whether it's through email um whether it's through facebook whatever whatever it is let us know who you are let us know what you like about the show let us know what what intrigued you what brings you on and and how you're enjoying the show we would, we would love to hear from you by the way that's crazy that's somebody in belgium Brussels, Belgium, found the podcast in the first two weeks we've been in podcast form. Maybe it's... <laughs> maybe maybe it's someone like bouncing a via VPN line like off of a various different things. It could be. To track them down. It could be. But if you're, if you are legitimately in Belgium... You could be, you know, you could be in the military. It could be from Chicago, but in the military or, you know, there could be all sorts of things or it could be somebody just bouncing a VPN, just trying not to get tracked. Um, you know, whatever you got to do. Uh, but yeah, just drop us a line. Let us know how, what you're, what you like about the show, what you're enjoying about it. We, we'd love to hear from you. Um, but no, the, the North side of town, the Cubs went over the, uh, over to London um, and they totally demolished the Cardinals in the first game. And then they were on track leading four to nothing after the first inning of the second game. And then Trey Mancini happened. And to his credit, 
<laughs> it's Fitz's son from 1998. <laughs> 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 to to his credit, Trey Mancini did own it after the game. He he did own it. He did say, "Hey, you cost me. You know, I, I cost this team a game. I've got to be better." He was a media actor. It was one of the things where I was like, oh, wow, David Ross made a good managerial decision because it was an inning later where he sat Trey Mancini and he brought in Cody Bellinger because that play, you you on that play, one run scores, and on the very next pitch, he should have been out of the inning, the very next pitch, a base hit, and they score two more runs. So you give him three runs on the inning, and you you lose by two. Um, it's, a, it's a tough pill to swallow, especially against, you know, the Cardinals, which are a division rival, and that game would have got you back to 500. Um, so it was a it was a tough tough pill to swallow. But they are back to only two games under 500. They are three games out of the division heading into tonight against the Phillies, um, which Jamison Tyon's on the mound, so they'll probably be four games out after tonight. And uh, you know, I'll trade you Jamison Tyon for any pitch. You want to give me Ronaldo Lopez? I'll give you Jamison Tyon. I'll I'll do that in a heartbeat. Um, or Aaron Bummer, we could use a lefty. Um, but no, I I would. It, the Cubs are back in it, and David Kaplan's reporting that the Cubs ownership, or not ownership, I should say, front office, is all in on winning this division. Where is David Kaplan getting that from? Well, David Kaplan's very connected to the organization. He's always been very connected to the organization. So much so that a lot of people actually thought when Marquee Network was coming out that he was leaving ESPN Radio to become a part of Marquee Network. He's always been tapped in. So I believe what he said, and it was kind of confirmed today by the guy who covers the Cubs um, for ESPN as well. Um, and so I, I believe it to be true. And and so it, if they are all in on winning this division, I don't believe Cubs fans should be too excited about that. No. Unless you're te- so they need two middle of the order hitters. They need another starter. Well, they well, need a setup guy and a closer. Hold they on, need hold five on. Five players and they need to be good. We're not the White Sox. For anything. They're going to compete for anything. They need that. So, well, let's let's look at this realistically. They have a middle of real. Oh, they do have a middle of the order hitter. His name is Robert Junior. But anyway, you're not replacing Ian five, Happ. They need those five things. But where you're not replacing Ian Happ, you're not replacing um, uh, Ian Happ is not a middle of the order hitter. He is not. He's not a three, a four, five hitter. hitter. Yeah, he is. He is not a three, four, five hitter. Are you out of your mind? He's one of the, he's one of their more consistent, solid. Yes, he's not the league's three, four, five hitter. He is not. Look at the Angels. Look at the look at the Yankees. Look at the look at the the Rays. I mean, there's a lot of teams in this league. They do not have a middle of the order hitter. They don't. You need too much to trade away for, for to make the team a, a contender. And if you're not going to make the team a contender, then what's the point? I mean, well, that's what I, that's kind of what I'm getting at. But what also what I'm getting at is that you can't you there's there's spots in here. This team is pretty much set. You're not getting you're not going out and getting a position player other than maybe a third baseman. They're not taking out any of these outfielders. You're, you're too, for one, you're too rich in the outfield. I get you now. 
okay. to go do it. You're not you're not replacing Danzy Swanson. You're not replacing Nico Horner. You're not replacing Cody Bellinger. You're not you're not doing any of that. Not through the trade deadline when you're adding pieces. No, no. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. So they need to they need to add a solid relief pitcher, like you said. They got they've got to go out and get a left handed relief pitcher, no matter what. Got to go get one. Um, as a matter of fact, I would go get one today with with the Phillies in town because they got a lot of left-handed power in their lineup. But I just don't know that this excites me as a Cubs fan because you, even if you go out, let's say we go out and get Matt Chapman. Well, then let's say they do a deal with the White Sox like they tend to do once every five or six years. And, it, you know, the Cubs get fleeced out of a couple of, you know, young studs in their in their farm system to go out and get an aging pitcher, Lucas Giolito. <laughs> you know, those are the types of guys that I think that the Cubs will end up going to go and get. Will they get a Matt Chapman? Because the Blue Jays are 10 games out of their division. They fall any further out of that. Matt Chapman's a free agent at the end of the year. They're going to move him at the trade deadline. It becomes one of those seasons for the Toronto Blue Jays where you just start trading away your your expiring contracts. That thing was less long than the Sox. I mean, the Sox were further along, and that thing's already done. I mean, that's... Yeah. So... So short of doing that, you go out, you get Matt Chapman and you go out and you get Lucas Giolito and, and, and with a package with like a guy like maybe Aaron Bummer, who I wouldn't be extremely excited about. But the fact that he's a left handed arm in my bullpen, I'd be OK with. It's got good stuff. He's got potential. Maybe he needs a change of scenery, whatever the case is. You go out and you do that. I might get a little excited because with this pitching staff, you get into October and that's what plays in October. When you look at this pitching staff and say you have a Lucas Giolito, say you have Lucas Giolito pitching well, you still have um, uh, Stroman pitching well, and you still have Steele pitching well. So that top three right there puts you in contention because anything can happen in October. I'm not saying, look, I'm don't get me wrong. The Cubs are not the Braves. The Cubs are not the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. I don't expect them to beat those teams. But you have a chance with that team. The the way they're playing right now, they had a really bad stretch in May. But the way they've been playing in April and the way they've played in June, this team is good enough to put it. They're they're the only team in their in in they're one of three teams I believe in the National League that have a pl- a positive run differential. So this yeah, lineup I mean, is working. I yeah, I, I don't know how much stock I put into that. The run dif- differential, I do put some stock in it, uh, but I just think you keep your powder dry at this point. Like, there's no reason. Let the let these rookies, let's see who they are, at least these rookies, these guys in the farm system. Let's see who they are. Maybe they turn a season around. That happens a lot in the minors where a guy figures it out at the end, at the last half of a season. I don't think p- pulling a trade right now is worth it unless you're nibbling at the edges. That's fine with me. You get a guy, the, the guy, the Sox have a guy, Gregory Santos, who you can get pretty, you know, you probably won't have to give up a lot. And that guy can close for you. He throws strikes. He has a 101 mile an hour sinker. <laughs> yeah. He has a 93 mile an hour slider. I mean, the guy can really pitch or even that Kenyon Middleton. If you're looking at the Sox, you don't even have to look at the Sox. There's other teams that have guys to where you can nibble at the edge. 
I just think if you go out and get a guy um, who has a good contract, if you get a guy like, you know, when they got, uh, well, they were a better team when they got um, Quintana from the Sox. (laughs) I see. Look, so I think PCA is not the piece that they will trade PCA. And they got this, the, the pitcher that they are high on, I, I believe his name is Kate Horton. Um, those two guys, they're not going to trade PCA is, is they said right now in this coming from a lot of scouts around the league. If P Armstrong was in the major leagues, he'd probably only be hitting like two twenty, two thirty, but he'd be a gold glove center fielder. So that's, that's pretty high praise for, for a guy that is, never stepped foot on a major league field. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're not going to trade PCA. It, they will trade Brennan Davis. They will trade, um, you know, the Alcantara kid. Um, they've got a couple pitching prospects. They will trade. Not the Alcantara kid that that murdered anybody. That that kid was already released, so he's not even in the league. I did. I did. You were in the middle of drinking a beer, so I knew you couldn't get it out, so I wanted to get it before you did. I pulled an eight mile on you. <laughs> but that is <laughs> yeah, Jeremiah says that was sarcastic by the way that would be a ridiculous trade Quintana-esque it would be and uh, the Cubs aren't going to make that that decision again however they could trade PCA for a Matt Chapman they might pull that trigger they yeah. might pull that trigger. Um, and, and that would be a spot where I actually might be okay with it because of how rich they are in the outfield. You're making me look up something now. Uh, go, go ahead. I'll, you, you go ahead and look it up. But I, I do believe that the Cubs are going to make moves. Um, I, I don't think it's a matter of whether or not they make a move. I just think it's... Um, matter of how big of a splash are they willing to make they're definitely going to go out and get a left-handed arm in the pen that's that's a hundred percent certain they might go out and get two left-handed arms in the pen and the only offensive position that they are going to add would be one of the corner positions you might go out and get a first baseman uh, but I, I just don't know who you would go i don't know what first baseman would be out there and available um so, Andrew Vaughn's pretty good. Uh, Matt Chapman <laughs> got two years on his contract, so he'll have he'll be well two years, year and a half now on his contract. I, I guess he's not a bad pickup. You have to tell me what what they're get what they're giving up. I'm not giving up a, a big chunk of the future. I'm giving up a guy who's maybe made up made up of your farm system and a guy to be named later. Like I, I can't give more than that up. I mean, right. Chapman's deal though is on a, uh, it, it's a uh, player um, option he's, and he's, a, he's expected to opt out of it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Because he, he thinks he can make more money, which he probably can. Yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't see that in the car. I just don't see, I, I don't see any w- reason to not just keep your powder dry. You're, there's no name out there that's going to win you a championship. There's just too many pieces they need. I'm with you in, in too many different areas. Yeah. 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 And if you get it October. in for this team is, it, I mean, it's troubling to me a little bit uh, that they be all in on this team. I mean, not to say that they're not good. Not, I mean, they've achieved basically what they thought, what we thought we yes. were going to achieve, which is not, which is a lot to say in baseball. When a team does right. what you think they're going to do, 
in in a good way. That that's a lot to say in baseball. People take that for granted. Look at the Blue Jays who we just talked about. That team, man. The way they hit, the way they were pitching, Robbie Ray, all that stuff. Bichette, you know, all the guys that they that they have on that team crackling. I mean, a, a Carlos Rodon at the top of his game could barely handle them. And yeah. we're talking about one of the best swing and miss left-handed pitchers in the league. A, a couple of years ago, I mean, and that team's not that team might have to sell. That's in, that to me isn't that team. Is he even in the league anymore, Carlos Rodon? He he was hurt, which that's okay. why the Sox let him go. Uh, he was hurt, and he's got that giant contract with the Yankees. It's like five years, one hundred and thirty million. But man, with that arm, he's got some of the best swing and miss stuff out there. But I think the the, the Sox knew that he wasn't going to be able to, you know, sustain it, sustain it with with, with the shoulder. Which the doctors still don't know a lot about a shoulder, but. I want to get to that too, but Jeremiah Murray says just sign Chapman and Otani next year with all that Wrigleyville money. What's seven hundred million anyway? I actually, I, I'm, I'm on the Otani train. I've said this since before the season started. They skimped out, and I'm not saying skimped out on a shortstop because I do like Dansby Swanson, but they didn't go out and get, you know, Trey Turner and spend that type of Trey Turner money or Carlos Correa money because they were saving it for, for Otani. Um, And I do believe, I don't think they're going to give him 600 million over 10 years, but I think they're going to give him a high AAV over six or seven and, and then might land him there. Otani. Where land him where in Chicago with the Cubs for seven years. Yep. Are you fucking kidding me? He's signing a $10 million. So you're, you're telling me, you're telling me 60 mil, 60 million over over 10 years or if I offer you 6 6 years at 80 million a year you're going to balk at it? Yeah, I mean we're going to have to get more You're making the same people. amount of money in less years. The Rickets changed their last name to Cohen. I, I, and that's the thing. Like, I, I don't know how it's going to shake out. I don't. Maybe they do give him a ten-year deal. Um, but I, I do believe they're going to be in the running for him. I don't know that they land him. Um, but I do believe they're going to be in the running for him. But I want to get back to what you were saying about you know the the Rodon thing. That's kind of the way I kind of feel about Strowman. Strowman's never been this good, mm-hmm. and I'm not so sure that I want to hurry up and give him four or five years at 30 or 40 million like he wants to get i'm i'm okay with three years at whatever the market calls for but i i you can't you can't point me in any direction that says that he can sustain this much like you were saying with carlos rodan like i don't know that you can that you're going to be this way and you're already 33 I don't want to be paying this guy when he's 36, 37 years old. Yeah. And at the risk of starting an argument, <laughs> Oh God, national league is still not the same hitting league as the American league. You shut your mouth right now. <laughs> it's the same exact thing. They have a we'll DH the, now. It's the same exact we'll, league. We'll get the staff to look. And with Shohei Otani is a DH we'll, for the Cubs next year. We'll get the, and staff. the ace of the Cubs next year. We'll get the staff to talk, to, to put, crunch the numbers but i feel like the american league is still well above the national league in offense and that's Stroman, you know playing in the national league has helped him now is much different when the pitcher was batting and the worst you know batter on your team was batting 
every third inning, but that's not happening anymore. So I have to believe the numbers are good. And he, he, he did pitch for a while and, a, and well, mostly in a very competitive division, but you're right. I mean, tell me how many big pitching contracts worked out. I mean, maybe in the front half, that's what you're basically paying for in most contracts in sports is the front half of the contract. But I, I mean, there's just not a lot of pitching contracts that work out. And this guy has all the, all the trademarks that we talk about, you know, all the trademarks of a bad pitching extension slash long contract. He has all the trademarks. He has all the Barry Zito trademarks. <laughs> Don't you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you agree. I mean, do you want Marcus Stroman on, on the, on, on the Cubs for the next five, six years? I mean, do you want, and the guy between the ears has not always been consistent. I mean, he is a little bit of a basket case. Yeah. He makes Chris Sale suddenly seem a little sane sometimes. Yeah, he's a different cat, and he's had some, you know, he's, he's. I think when he first came to Chicago, there was a little issue with some of the comments he was making on Twitter or whatever. But I I do like Stroman, and I do hope that he performs well. I just, again, three years I'd be okay with. At whatever the market calls for, whether it's 30, 35 oh, yeah. million a year, I'm fine with that. Anything more than that, I don't want to pay him. I don't I don't want to give you a five-year contract. And if I do, I might give you three years with the final two years being club options. I might do that. What's going on, Junior? <laughs> hey, old man, Brandon Combs. Yeah. Junior checking in. Good to hear from your buddy. I I just don't Jeremiah Murray says the same thing. Career year at 33, stay away. Just don't say anything about his do rag <laughs> he's no kevin durant <laughs> uh so yeah i just i don't know i and that's where i'm at like i don't think that they need to go out and do anything i'm with you they just stand pat because even if you do go out and make a move for a lucas giolito even if you do go out and make a move for a matt chapman I'm not telling you right now that that Giolito, Stroman, and Steele are that much better than Stroman, Steele, and Hendricks right now. And so I, I'm okay with standing pat with that because, like I said, anything can happen, especially if your pitching is hot in the playoffs. That's just where it goes. Yeah, there's, yeah I mean, I just see no reason to give up any of the future. I mean, and some of the guys who you've detailed many times on this show that are in your farm system, people might not want. They're just not performing. I could see if all these guys were performing well and maybe, oh, yeah, you know, our outfield is kind of stacked. Maybe we give one of these outfielders away. But if they're batting 230, like, are you going to get them? Or are those teams, or, or are the Blue Jays going to go? No, why? When we have the guy on the Dodgers who's batting three sixty, right. the Dodgers have a great farm system, and they're good on uh, on the field. They have both things happening at the same time. Chicago yes. teams can't seem to do that, but the Dodgers, year after year, seem to be able to. Yeah, and that's um, I the Dodgers do it the uh the the Red Sox and Yankees seem to be able to do it uh the Phillies 
seem to be able to do it. The Phillies are always a good organization. Um, the Cardinals are the, the Cardinals, Cardinals seem the worst to do it. team in the National League. They are. Yeah. I've, I've, what do you think about that whole London trip? I mean, if that was that. I mean, the drop. If the Cubs drop three games here, yeah. what do you think about the London trip? At, well, even if they even if they win all three games here, I don't like my team going to London. I, it's just there's there's no point for it. You're not going to put a team over there. I, I was fine with with the teams going over to Mexico. I'm fine with maybe doing a series in Hawaii. Puerto Rico, yeah. Puerto Rico. You know what I mean? Like like other places where, where you, you could feasibly try to bring fans in. After you leave London, after that two-game series is over, nobody in London thinks about baseball. They're they are a soccer country. That's just what they that's what they do. That's what they know over there. They they love that sport, and that's fine. There's no reason for us to go over there. Stop trying to market things that you don't need to market. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make much sense, plus the travel. (laughs) (laughs) Junior, why do you have a pillow in your window? Well, Junior, I will tell you this. Sometimes you have a (laughs) five-year-old. Five-year-old stands up on a stool, puts a pillow in your window. You don't notice it until 49 minutes into your podcast. <laughs> because you've been working all day and you walked in and just turned on your laptop and started the show. But it's a good it is, it's good observation though, Junior. Like it. Like it. Jeremiah says, I think Combs peed a little when he confirmed the Cardinals are the worst in the NL. <laughs> <laughs> I your golf a little. I I don't hate it. I, I really don't. I mean it's about time. And we're we're starting to see it's kind of like i'm gonna be excited to see it happen with the packers this year too you're finally starting to see some regression from a team that's just been so good for so long that you just hate and and i admit look they're a model organization i I wish the cubs were more like the st louis cardinals as an organization i do but i'm happy to see that they are the worst in the national league right now yes I, i i absolutely am um and so I, you know, I, I just, I don't like the London trip because it's just not, for one, it's not fair to the teams. No, that's um, my main thing about it. Yeah. And especially teams that are, if you're sending teams over there that are in pennant races, you know what I mean? Like if you're sending teams over there that, that have a chance, like, it, it, would anybody have batted an eye if it was, I'm trying to think well, of. You can't, if it was like the A's against, uh, I the A's against the Cardinals or against the against the Kansas City Royals, but right before the season started, yeah, you could guess those teams would be bad, but you know, do you really know? Fuck the Cardinals, <laughs> Attaboy. boy. Junior's rocking it today. I, I just I don't like the London here. I think it's a bad attempt for baseball to market a sport in another country when they can't even market the sport in their own damn country. You can't even market the sport over here. What the hell are you doing trying Long to go to London? Because you yes. don't have enough countries to play your sport. And then, and then, oh God, you got me started now. Then you go to London. And what do you do for the national broadcast on Sunday? Do you have one announcer from each organization there? Do you have from the best 
rivalry in baseball? Do you have, you know, Bukshiambi and and whatever Cardinal announcer you want to put on the on the broadcast? Do you have that? No. You put Michael K and A Rod stroking each other off for nine innings about their egos and how great they are. And that's what you do on a national setting. You put those two yahoos in the booth. Give me a break. It was terrible. He hasn't gotten better. That's the problem with A-Rod is when he first started, it was like, yeah, okay. He's got some whatever. I try to take anybody with like an open mind even though I never liked A-Rod. Michael Kay's terrible, too. reason why a lot of people don't like him, but he's great talent, all that. Let's take him with an open mind. He's never grown as a broadcaster. Not once. He has grown. And I've seen a lot of broadcasters grow, and like a lot of athletes grow into it. Look at Greg Olson in the NFL. I mean, he wasn't terrible when he started, but he wasn't very good. Now he's one of the best broadcasters in the sport. He's the only one of the few broadcasters you can listen to because football broadcasters are terrible. Yeah. But, uh, just by rule. And the other problem is that some of those guys that are good, you, they start to know that they're good and then they become terrible. Troy Aikman. <laughs> yes. Yes. True. True. I still think Troy Aikman's okay. But sometimes, <laughs> and let's not go down that rabbit hole. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean that it's just terrible. It's it's like you like you were saying last week. Like, can we have broadcasters that are actually want to watch the sport? Yeah, like yeah. it doesn't matter if they if they played the sport or not. Can we have broadcasters who actually like and enjoy watching the sport and can tell you what's happening on TV and not sell some kind of narrative that they formulated before the game because they're lazy? This this was a legitimate A-Rod call on the broadcast after Trey Mancini drops that ball. You know what he said? He I'd goes, to hear it. You, you, you can't have that. You got to have a first baseman that can catch the ball. Thank you, A-Rod. Thank you. Thank you for that beautiful analysis from a player who played the game for so many years. Did you start shooting steroids in your freaking brain? Up your butt, Joe You have to have a first baseman that can catch the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Can catch the ball. Are you kidding me? Like this is the this is what you're giving people that are watching the game in London. I, I like it's so bad. It's so pathetic. It's you I don't yeah. Yeah, PPP do it at this point. Oh god. Have the AI do it. <laughs> Let's do Fitz gibberish. <laughs> you just need you need a palate cleanser at this point. Well, I mean if if A-Rod can't make you sound better, nobody can. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> that was for the NL is not a good hitting as the AL comment. <laughs> and I said you didn't have a middle of the order batter. Yes, it's another <laughs> edition of Fitz Gibberish. It's a diatribe, a conspiracy in an island in the middle of unapologetic and sometimes inaccurate sports talk. Actually, most times I think I got about three or four names wrong today. Like but when I- you said Ian Happ was in the middle of the order hitter, but his gloves, his batting gloves are going to Cooperstown because he hit two home runs in a game in London. Wow. He hit two home runs in a game. 
Jesus Christ. Luis Robert hits two home runs when he wakes up out of bed, for Christ's sake. And, anyway. And then he breaks a leg getting out of bed. <laughs> He's been healthy this year. Langston Hughes asked, what happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load. Whoa. You can probably <laughs> understand my reluctance with sharing a quote from the 1951 Harlem Renaissance on a sports radio and a Chicago sports radio podcast. Sort of like throwing throwing a thousand dollar bouquet and a wood chipper, but as I watch the White Sox Angel series, I'm reminded that with every great team or player, there's a line of five or ten who shit the bed. Although with these two teams, you have to stand and mouth the gape awe, like a crystal meth addict showing the remaining teeth at the waist of talent. Hughes was talking about something entirely and certainly don't want to take entirely different. Certainly don't want to take away from that. The problem is watching these teams is, is like finally getting Cindy Crawford to go home with you circa 1989 only to have her called away to Richard Gere's house. <laughs> that would sag like a heavy load. Indeed. She still looks good for her age, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you agree? It sounds like I do. Cool. You don't. Is do. Michelle not in the room? I think. No, I agree. Even <laughs> if Michelle was in the room, I agree. <laughs> She's like 60. Anyway, we spoke about Joey. Michelle is only 37, you jerk. <laughs> I never said that. <laughs> Telling her. Unbelievable. This guy still better be coming on the fourth. We spoke about Joey Tani last week. The fireballer is leading the AL in home runs and a lot of other categories on both sides of the diamond. Do you know who's second in home runs? Yes, that would be Luis Robert Jr., the hyper-talented center fielder that uh, um, Downing Thomas doesn't like, who hit two home runs against Boston and made it two very difficult catches look easy in center on Sunday and hit another home run last night against your Anaheim Angels. <laughs> Stop the presses. If you trust in war, I'll tell you the value of this player, Luis Robert, is better than the value of Mike Trout through half of the season. Certainly a little bit more than a sample size at this point. Mike Trout's having problems with high fastball. Yes, the Angels have Mike Trout too. Maybe the best sequence in baseball this season will be the last at-bat of the World Baseball Classic. We talked about it when Atani struck out Trout to win. The White Sox have Dylan Cease, who came in second in the Cy Young last year. He has not been great this year, but is, he's worked his ERA under three. and was over six in April, as we talked about. Has over 100 strikeouts and now 91 innings. White Sox have Yohan Moncada at third, a switch-hitting ball of talent. With 34 doubles, 25 home runs, and batted 315 in 2019. Oh my God, they have a bright future, don't they? Other than an above average 2021 season, he has been consistently bad since then. 
the Angels have a great third baseman too. Anthony Rendon, remember him? I am surprised if you do because he's had 22 home runs in the last thir- three and a half years. And after, right after the Angels got him, he had 34 home runs and was third in MVP voting. That's real MVP voting, Combs. <laughs> third in 2019. The list goes on and on, and the similarities of these two teams do as well. How have these teams underachieved so mightily? Some of it is certainly some bad luck, but it's also bad baseball decisions too often drafting to talent and not the man behind it. I can fall back on my old trusted. These teams are not innovating on the battlefield of their intellectual creativity, which sounds pompous and terrible now that I hear it out loud, but (laughs) (laughs) but I might be right in the end though. Is it just not enough guys to back up and compliment these players? Rick Hahn said the Sox were mired in mediocrity back in 2016. It would be famous if this team actually had fans, but had the two best left-handed starters in the American League that year in 2016. Maybe they were mired in team building. Although I hate mixing sports, we have another team that has been mired in this city, the Chicago Bears. They certainly picked up some talent in this offseason, but will they be looking back on what should have been with a lot of talented players, but no playoffs or championships? That's Fitzgibberish, my friends. Mr. Combs? I'm going to leave this one to the fans. Jeremiah Murray says, Richard Gere, heavy loads, meth heads, and Cindy Crawford, and we haven't even started yet. (laughs) Doubting Thomas says, I knew it was coming this week with Luis Robert. Yeah, boy. Jeremiah Murray says, speaking of war, combined war of Schwarber, Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez. Anybody? Anybody? Point four is the correct answer. Jeremiah Murray, you win because that is a topic we were going to talk about. Goddamn right we were. Did we really have to? <laughs> People Cubs fans, one. I should say, that, that don't actually – every fan base has two groups of fans. Well, actually, really three groups of fans, right? The one group of fans that are really in tune with the organization, that really love the game, really love the sport, and really love their team, and they follow everything. They could tell you who's coming up in the in the minors. They could tell you what's going on in the front office, whose contracts are expiring, and everything that's going on in just about every game. Then you have another group of fans that like the team for whatever reason, but don't know a ton about what's going on in the front office, don't know a ton about this, don't know a ton about that. And you can really tell those types of fans. Then the third set of fans are just the fans that are just there because they got the tickets for free. (laughs) Those are your three types of fans. So the second type of fans are the ones who are like, you know what? We should have never traded Rizzo and we should have never traded Bryant and we should have never traded Schwarber and, and, and we should have kept Baez. Like we, we shouldn't have traded that big core. Yeah, we should have. And and they, they did it at the right time. And, and we talked about this before the show yeah. and, and Rizzo 
Rizzo was maybe the one that you said, hey, you know, the, they should have kept Rizzo. I, I think they were a year year or two late, too. I think oh, they, yeah. They got more for those players. But, but yes. go on. But go on. They, Colorado wanted to give the Cubs straight up Nolan Arenado for Chris Bryant. Yep. And, and they didn't pull that trigger. And I said at the time I would have pulled that trigger quick. And that was in 2018. And what do you get for Kyle Schwarber years before he's a 0.8 war player? What do you yeah. get for Kyle Schwarber, really, from a, from an American League team when the DH is still just in the American League? I mean. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't think that this team i don't think that that i think they they got better faster because they cut ties with those guys even though they did cut them a couple years too late by cutting ties with those guys especially those three bryant Baez, and and schwarber now rizzo you can argue just because rizzo is just rizzo is just one of those guys you just want to have on your team Mm-hmm. the gold glove defender and, and you know he he's a leader he's he's the heart and soul of a team, when he plays our too, team. and he's yeah. a left-handed first baseman i mean those guys are worth a lot i just i i just don't know there wasn't really a big re- there was no reason to see he would regress quickly uh yeah they keep picking up players that are on the way out i don't yeah. think that i, I think, I think they keep picking the up socks there i think we're definitely oh. talking about the socks and the angels there yeah, um, you know, correct us if we're wrong, Shanna. But I, I think she's talking about the Sox and um, uh, and Angels there, which they both do. I mean, look at Rendon. I mean, look at some of the players the Sox have picked up, Elvis Andrews. I mean, I'm not saying he's a great player, smart player, but I, I think that's what what she was talking about or giving away players. Yeah, you know, and and that's the thing. I mean, giving away those players. I mean, you got PCA for Baez. That was how the Cubs landed Pico Armstrong. You know, the, getting rid of of Bryant landed you Wesneski. Getting rid of uh, Rizzo uh, brought over a couple of of pitchers. Uh, I can't remember. Mm. Uh, off the top of my head, I remember them. That's not a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because I'm terrible with names anyway. And then you got a guy batting 230 that you got for bipolar bias. Yeah, I get it. Bias sucks, but guy's batting 230 in the minors. I mean, and, he, but, and he's a gold glove center fielder. Let Schwarber walk. Well, letting Schwarber walk, I think I think they should have gotten something. That's why I said last week about same thing with, with Stroman. I don't like the idea of letting him go and not getting anything in return. Um, and that was the thing with Schwarber. You let him go for nothing. But as uh, you know, my guy David Kaplan, who I like to listen to here in Chicago on ESPN radio, which is also where I um I've you know got the some of the information today about the point four was on his show. Um, but he keeps calling Kyle Schwarber most famously a beer league softball player. And he said it again today. And then Schwarber let off the game with a ringing double the right center field. But he is a beer league. Softball. He's batting 188 heading into today. Yeah. Betting 188. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating to watch a guy like that, especially batting. I mean, talk about a guy who guess hits. 
I he mean, has to be a guy gas hitting. He gasses yeah. and looks at pitches, and then he bitches when they're like one inch of one centimeter outside or whatever. And it should have been a. It's like, dude, you got to swing at that with two strikes, buddy. Yeah, and what and they I just call? he's just one of those guys that he he only does one thing. He hits home runs. I mean, you 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 saw for how many years on the south side with with Adam Dunn. Yeah, yeah, that's what he is. He's Adam Dunn. We, yeah, I mean, actually, Adam Dunn is a way better war player, like way, (laughs) way better. I mean, look at them both. He's like double the player in Kyle Schwarber, unless he plays till he's forty-five. Probably won't achieve what Adam Dunn did, and that's that's tough. He struck out ninety-eight times heading into tonight. (laughs) It's June. That's, that's that's where you get to where you have to evaluate your talent. They thought the guy was Babe Ruth. He's not even Adam Dunn. No. Nah, yeah. I mean, and, and you got to evaluate your talent. Not only that, you have to do stuff on the edges. That's what the Anaheim Angels were. Everybody's so confused why the Anaheim Angels and they have the two best players in the league. Why aren't they so? Why aren't they so much better? Because they're not innovating. And they're not doing stuff on the edges that these other teams are. These 80% players, these 70% players, these 60% players. I mean, they're just not doing that stuff. They're not bringing those players in. Those, you know, 60% of, um, you know, Nolan Arenado at third would be fine for the Cubs. 70% maybe. They don't even have that. Like, uh, I'm not I'm not picking on the Cubs right now, but I'm saying the Angels don't even have that for 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 Anthony Rondone, who's who's now out hurt again. Who's I don't even think he's played a full season since they've gotten him. But, That's not. And it, Jeremiah Murray comes at me like a cowboy in an old western. We don't mention Adam Dunn around here, Combs. <laughs> Shanna does say the the White Sox have really got it screwed up. That's true. I love them, but they need a change of management. So, uh, look, I don't, with the Cubs, I think they got it right. I I do like some of the pieces that you got, but again, sometimes you get trades right, sometimes you get trades wrong. And and those are a couple that they got right. You know, they have also gotten a couple wrong. Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease on the other side of town, that's a prime example of one that they got wrong. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, it, and that's what you want to see. I, I don't think that the Cubs got it wrong. Yeah, Eloy is healthy. <laughs> yeah, and what he sh- even said, like I talk about percentages. If he's eighty percent of what people thought he was going to be, boy, that is, whew, that's a really bad trade. But you're right; that does go wrong. If they win a, if they if Quintana has a two ERA and they win the World Series, who gives a crap? Yeah. You no. Know? Yep. I mean, who gives Absolutely. A crap what happens after that? It, that just didn't happen. That's the bad part of the trade, really. All right. So we're running a little over. You want to talk Bears? Or you want to talk Blackhawks? Bears. All right. Let's talk Bears. So we got our back Blackhawks expert for next week. We have our what? Our Blackhawks expert for next oh, week. Oh, I, I thought you said Blackhawk sexpert. I was like, what the hell? You didn't want it to be that. Kind of. They talked about Chris. It's Cindy Crawford. You can't get around. Is it the freckle or the mole that she has? Well, them them getting them getting Taylor, them getting Taylor Hall and Connor Bedard is kind of sexy to me. So I do (laughs) I do like that. But we'll save that talk for next week. So with the Bears, Alex Shapiro reported 
from Bears camp that a lot less balls are hitting the turf in training camp than there were last year. What stock do you take into training camp reps? We'll be at uh, training camp as well. We're going to try to get out there and get some interviews with some Bears fans. One of these weeks probably won't be for another month, but we're going to try to get out there. We'll probably stay the night and get bombed somewhere or halfway (laughs) bombed. I'm in. You'll have your thermos. You had me at bombed. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it it just a matter. You know, I think Adam Johns is an okay, uh, you know, reporter. I I put some stock into what he's what he's going to say about things, but not a whole lot. I mean, they have a lot of yes men around that Bears team, and I've heard this before. But it, it, it's hard to not think that something's got to be going better in that training camp than last year. They just didn't have any pieces last year. I think this offense is going to be a lot better, man. I think if this offense is in a top 10 offense, something cataclysmic has happened. If it's not a top 10 offense and they're relatively healthy, I don't think Justin Field is on this team. Yeah. Uh, 2024, but I, I just don't see that happening. I'm with you. And look, I we are both on the same train with Justin Fields. We both believe he's going to be good. I am I wouldn't even say cautiously optimistic about Justin Fields. I'm just optimistic about Justin Fields. But that's not I'm not saying he's proven anything yet. That's where I think people get it confused. I'm not saying that this guy has shown that he is an elite quarterback in this league because he has not shown that yet. But I do believe he will. Things that I've seen him do on the field, things that I've watched in in the way that I saw him throw at college when he had weapons, which is the only thing we have to go by because he hasn't had that since he's been a pro, is that he's a good passer. And this guy now has weapons. This guy has has talent around him. Um, Also, uh, I heard from, from sources today that the the Bears are really close on a deal with Yannick and Gakwe, and they expect that deal to be done by the end of the week. So I do believe the Bears are going to be much improved from last year. I do believe that they are 11-12 win team. I do believe that. I don't, however, take any stock in the training camp reps. I don't care. Same way I don't care about the Combine. I don't care what my quarterback can do when he has no pressure on him. I don't care what my quarterback no can do in shorts and no pads. Man. Yes, I don't care what you're doing when you're playing catch in the backyard because that is essentially what you are doing in training camp. I do like the fact that what I do take stock into in training camp is developing a rapport with your wide receivers, developing a relationship with your wide receivers, developing a relationship with your offensive line. That is the stuff that I like. I don't care how many balls are hitting the turf. I don't care how many balls are being overthrown, underthrown, thrown on the dime, thrown because that is not going to translate into NFL games. It's not the same thing. And I don't care. He, he, you know, one of the other things that he says, well, you know, you're seeing guys like, like Dante Pettis catch passes and you're seeing guys like Vila Jones they're they're catching passes. Well, well, cool, cool. But I've never seen them do it in an NFL game. No. So I, I do want to pump the brakes on that a little bit. I do need to see it happen. I do believe it will happen. 
not maybe the Pettis or or the Vila Jones thing, but I do believe the Bears are going to be better. I do believe they have the right quarterback. I do believe they have the right front office. I do believe that they are really good moving forward. I do believe we're finally going to be a good organization moving forward. And for me, that is where I get my optimism. That is where what I like because of what I've seen on the field plus the pieces that they've added. And that's where I'm at with the Bears. That's why I think they're an 11-win team, not because Justin Fields can hit an open wide receiver in in basketball shorts. They care less. I mean, are they in basketball shorts? Yeah, they're not wearing they're not wearing pads and in uniform. They're wearing uh whatever just a jersey and they're wearing shorts. Yeah, I guess they, yeah. I mean, until they get in true training camp, I guess they kind of have pads on. They don't hit a lot in training camp anymore. It's not like freaking Platteville, nineteen eighty four, when 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 men were men. When Steve McMichael <laughs> was giving himself Lou Gehrig's disease. Oh God. <laughs> oh God! You might need to water it down a little bit. Ah, there. Let's water it down, Cindy Crawford. This guy. I, I'm fine. Uh, ooh, I'm fine if. Wait a second. <laughs> I said, ooh. <laughs> I said, I'm fine with. with uh, Shanna says they're in wide leg shorts. Those are wide legs, I think. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> oh, God. I'm fine with killing off McCaskey. I'm fine with killing off Reinsdorf. I'm fine with killing off owners that that don't put forth effort. I don't. I don't. I, I don't want to talk about M- Mongo giving himself an ALS. That's that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my line. Too much. No, yeah, I'm that's, just joking. You're good. <laughs> just remember that Fit said it, not Combs. Just remember that Fit said it, yeah. not Combs. Yes, if we're trying to get an interview. You'll have to just do the interviews. I'll stay at home. Yeah. But, I mean, when, it, when it comes to when it comes to training camp, you can't see some things. I mean, especially when they're practicing with other teams. When we get back into pads, who's better than others? That's how they separate talent, and usually that is that does work out when they're separating who's going to start and who's not, uh, especially from some parts of the edges. But yeah, I mean. I don't put a lot of stock in it. I'm 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 very optimistic and bullish on this team. I just am, and, and that and, and most of it is, you know, football is not a very unpredictable sport. I mean, you get a good, and and you know, it it could change a little bit, but you get a good schedule in football. You're doing and you stay relatively healthy. You're making the playoffs like that. There's not really much more to it than that. Yeah. If you stay relatively healthy, like your quarterback stays healthy, most guys on your offensive and defensive line stay healthy. Some of your positional or talent players stay healthy. You're going to be okay. Show a bikini. <laughs> Doubting Thomas says, show a bikini photo of Ginny McCaskey. She lets Jeremiah you know Surrey. Jeremiah Murray this said, they me- "This is a 1930s speakeasy. Hey, Jenny, get over here. I'll get you a little. I'll get you a martini. 
Jeremiah Murray said they made him out of woolly mammoth in her day, Downing Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's that time. Any rubble? Where, where, <laughs> where it's closing time. It's that time where we get to tell you guys goodbye. But before we do, we always get into the news of the week. You ready to get into the news of the week? All right, let's get into it. We All right, long or something. We we do. We need some sort of of something. All right. So the reason why I'm going with this story first, and this is probably a story that you've heard, and probably a story that anybody who's you know a decent baseball fan has heard. But every so often, friends realize that maybe, just maybe, they should be with the other person's significant other. On this day in 1973, or 1873, I should say, Yankees pitchers Mike Kekich and Fritz Peterson went beyond that point, trading their families. They traded their wives and kids to one another. <laughs> now, I want you to, to put this in perspective. Okay, It's 1873. This was a different time in... In, in our country's history. Mm -hmm. But I want you to imagine coming home from a day of combs and fits and saying to yourself, Nicole, you and our son need to pack things up because you're going to combs for his wife and kid and a pack of smokes. Uh, what? <laughs> what the hell was going like how can you imagine do you imagine what the dude look me and michelle have a great relationship we 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 joke around we laugh all the time i can joke with her about just about anything she could joke with me just about anything if we do fight typically it's it's over within a 24-hour span one of us usually apologizes and we get over it but if I had that conversation with her, I'd be afraid I'd be stabbed. As soon as I put this hot poker <laughs> in my ass, I'm going to chop my dick off. What do you think that conversation was like when they got home? How did they announce this trade? Awkward. Awkward. How do you announce it? Like, how who who goes first? Like, I'm drawing, like, we're, we're like, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like. I don't, you can't I don't even have that conversation when you. No, go. no. We might as well just trade them both in and just go live together. You smoke an incredible <laughs> amount of weed. That weed's got to be laced with something. Everybody, sell down. <laughs> so mad. Yes. No, that probably wouldn't be good. They'll chew no. They'll chew your face off, dude. I, what you do, you go home and you show them this picture and you have a conversation. How did one of those guys not... The, guy, the left or the right? How did they not die that day? I don't know. And it wasn't 1873. I'm looking it up right now. It was 1973. Really there you go. 1873 seemed a little bit long. Yeah, 1973. Did they even have trades back then? Mike Kekich and Fritz Peterson. First of all, trading gonorrhea. For if you maybe. if you married a guy named Fritz, you better expect to be traded. Yeah. 
I, Jeremiah Murray, which wife had a better war? <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you both of them had a better war than the four guys the Cubs traded. Probably. That is, uh, it's completely insane to me. All right, what what's your story? Speaking of dad, a 76-year-old woman who was declared dead at a hospital in Ecuador <laughs> astonished her relatives Wait. by knocking on her coffin during her wake. What is going on in Ecuador? <laughs> Dowdy Thomas said, I'll make that trade, and I'll include an ex-wife to be named later. <laughs> <laughs> Drive to Grand Rapids. All right, go on. Ecuador people are knocking on coffins. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) We're an hour and a half in, Fitz. A 76 year old woman who was declared dead in a hospital in Ecuador astonished her relatives by knocking on her coffin during her wake. And the incident has prompted a government investigation, obviously. I don't know what the government's doing over there. Yeah, relatives left the coffin behind and rushed to retired nurse Bella Montoya. Sounds like a, uh, I don't know, bullpen bullpen coach for the Sox. (laughs) Back to the hospital after the wake Friday in central city of Babayana. Son Gilberto Barbara told the Associated Press, it sucks that I'm not getting your money now, mom. No, it gave us (laughs) a fright. Are you kidding me? It gave us a fright? I mean, how do you know someone isn't? How do you not know someone isn't dead in this day and age? Jeremiah Murray says, and the husband claimed he heard nothing. He heard nothing. <laughs> what in the hell? I, Shanna says it's voodoo. Okay, so <sighs> probably is. Okay, so th- there's a process to these things. Yeah, right? don't you? Yeah, I mean, was she wasn't even embalmed? I'm guessing it. Well, right, but that's that's my that's my question. Is that it's not like like if you or I die, or we have a family member that dies, we we're not at a wake three hours later. No, it's yeah, it's, I mean, it's like a week usually. Taking a nap. <laughs> well, right, that's what I don't like. How long? Yeah, I mean, luckily they did it. Probably I'm questioning the validity of this story. The Associated Press, man. I but I, I'm still questioning the validity because it just doesn't like and then even after you're pronounced dead, you go into a refrigerator when you're at the morgue, so your body doesn't start rotting and stinking. You get embalmed. There's all sorts of makeup, they do things with your body to make you look presentable. Like Shanna says they don't usually embalm bodies in third world countries unless you're rich. Okay, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give you that one. But That's they still put true. you in a refrigerator like that. That brings your body to a temperature that that in Ecuador. It's like 120 degrees. The old bag probably loved it. <sighs> Man, I don't know. That's crazy though. But after how many days she's knocking? Yeah, like, can you imagine being at a wake? You're 76. You're a nurse. It's Ecuador Combs. They probably just have a pile. (laughs) (laughs) She climbed out of the pile. I'm just saying that you're a nurse. You know, you're a nurse, and Ecuador. Just think about it. 
You're probably hot all the time. They put you in a nice, cool place. Finally, let's say they do have a morgue and they do have refrigeration, which is saying a lot. Maybe this is a way for her to get over the wall, over Trump's wall. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Not politics. But I'm just saying, you, you know, that you put her in a nice, cool, dry place. Yeah. Man. They have burial laws. In those country of 24 oh, hours. She, Shanna, I, I, I think she's... A, I'm guessing that she kills zombies for a living, Shanna. She, she either kills zombies or she is one. <laughs> yes. Which one is brain, it? How do their brains taste? What? Like... Oh, how do you know laws in other countries about burials? Well, she's just saying third world countries. It makes a lot of sense. Do you bury bodies, Shanna? <laughs> Are you a body barrier? It's just because of the Cindy Crawford talk. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's mad about our trade talk. Yes. Lit a fuse. Just kidding, Shanna. We love you. Thanks for joining the show. Yep. My last story. This one caught my eye because the title of the news column was no ifs, ands, or buts, spelled with two Ts. Climate change protesters dropped their pants at the Massachusetts State House during a debate on a proposed tax relief package Thursday to bring attention to what they say is needed for swifter action against the use of fossil fuels. At about 1 p.m., protesters stood, turned their backs to the Senate chamber, and lowered their pants to review letters that spelled out stop passing gas on their bare backsides up your butt Jobu. you waited for the clip that time i'm proud of you <laughs> so this is this this is i this is what we're doing now we're dropping drawers in front of state houses to protest fossil fuels these people probably got there i mean i guess it's better than burning down buildings they got there in the cars. You know what? Th- this is what I gotta say to White Sox. No, I'm just joking. I'm not doing that. Oh, <laughs> please don't. White Sox fans should do this though. Wait till Jerry shows up. Meet outside yeah. of his uh, outside of his box. Drop your pants and say, "Kiss our ass, Jerry." I don't know. He was an IRS tax lawyer. So if you drop your pants, he might take advantage of it. (laughs) Shanna says, no, I don't. She doesn't bury bodies. I don't believe her. She says, I know other people that have lived in other countries. Oh, well, hey, that's a reasonable excuse. You know people. You just have to, if you know one thing about us, Shanna, if you know one thing about combs and fits, it's the fact that we like the other options better, that you're a zombie killer. Like we we like that option a lot better. Than Isn't just... that what a zombie killer would say? Yeah. And not only that, but Shanna, isn't it a cooler story for you? Yeah, really. I mean, we're trying to help you help you out here. Help us help you, Shanna. We have people in Belgium that listen to us. Help us help. We're trying to make you famous. We're multinational. <laughs> multinational. <laughs> multinational conglomerate. All right. You ready to get out of here? Yeah, let's do it, I guess. All right. Thank you guys for watching another episode of Windy City Sports Talk. As always, I am Brandon Combs, along with Ryan Fitzgibbons. 
If you missed any part of today's live broadcast, you can now watch us on all podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Spotify, and Pandora. We are also available on iHeartRadio. As always, make sure to click the like button, share, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. If you have any feedback for us or have something you want us to talk about or questions you want us to answer, or if you live in Belgium, you can email us at combsandfits, all one word, combsandfits, at gmail.com. Shanna Cease says two words, hog farm. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good night. We will talk to you in a little while. Same bat time, same bat channel. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies. Tell the zombies. And tell the zombies. Tell tell whoever. I'll, I'll take a zombie crowd. Dude, there are some hot zombies.